0: Today we'll be looking at the Gospel of Luke, and we begin today in Luke 4, the 14th, the fourth chapter, the 14th verse. Luke 4, 14. May the Spirit of God bless the reading of His Word. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Would you pray with me? Good and gracious Father, I speak for myself and I hope for everyone else in the congregation that we are hungry for you today. We confess, we know in our mind that we are created for you. And yet I know in my own life sometimes I move so fast, we get so busy that we hardly make time for you. Forgive us of our sins of any ways that we have fallen short. I pray, Father, that your spirit would move powerfully in the hearts of your people today. That the burdens that we have would be pushed aside. And may our hearts focus on what your spirit speaks to each one of us today. We love you, Lord. We've come Because we hunger, we love, we need you. Be with us in this hour. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. On Sunday nights after church, on the way home from church, I always turn the radio on to NPR to listen to something called the Moth Radio Hour. I don't know if anyone else has ever heard of that. It's one of my favorite things. I always look forward to it. The Moth Radio Hour, just the moth, they they call it. It's an opportunity for master storytellers to get together, and they share just a little bit of their life, and some of the stories that they share are absolutely heartbreaking, and some of them are absolutely hilarious. Well, last Sunday night as I was driving home, uh, a woman named Jen Lee began her story, And she began with these words. She said, I was raised in a home where we had two religions. First, my family was conservative evangelical Christians. But second, my family put great faith and hope in Mary Kay cosmetics. You know, that's just good stuff. That captured my attention right there. Jen went on to talk about how, uh, as part of a Mary Kay job, that she was called to host a party or have a friend host a party. And then, of course, she would sell the cosmetics there. And, um, and at the party, it was not only to sell the cosmetics, but she was supposed to identify two more women that would host two more parties. And so her calendar was always full. That was the plan. It's a good plan. So, so she said that she was never able to do that. And so what she decided to do was she was just going to walk around Walmart stalking women and and so she would just uh, walk the aisle she said she would walk the aisles of walmart for two to three hours every day and then she'd try to find somebody that was kind of alone in an aisle i don't know who she picked whether she looked at somebody and said well that woman she uses cosmetics she'd be a good one or look that woman man that woman needs some cosmetics i i don't know how she decided but then she'd go up to that woman and, and she'd say excuse me would you mind if I gave you a free example of a Mary Kay cosmetic just to get your feedback on this new product? And, of course, then she had the woman's phone number to follow up, and then she could invite her to have a party at her house, and, and that was the way it began. She said she was trained how to speak. It was to be warm chatter, and that makes sense. And she was trained to, to find out what in their life wasn't working so that she could then provide a solution. And uh, Jen said that she was totally bought into the slogan of Mary Kay, changing women's lives. Well, that sounds like a good goal. At the same time, Jen was attending a new church and it was one of those new and hip churches with the cool names and, and of course it was in a strip mall and, and the church had a band and, and a young pastor and, and she did well in the church. She did so well that they invited her to be part of the core leadership team. She said she was so excited to go into this core leadership team because she just felt like that was going to be a really spiritual encounter that was really going to be focused on God. And then she was kind of uh, confused because the pastor, instead of talking about things like, you know, I don't know, faith, he started to talk about advertising and branding and marketing. And the pastor insisted that they come up with a new mission statement that had five points, and each one of the five points had to start with the same letter. It was one for each finger, and and everyone had to start with the same letter so that it could be remembered. And that's smart. That's smart. Instead of free samples, they offered free events. That kind of sounds familiar. They they were trained to listen for what wasn't working in people's lives so that they could offer a solution. Jen said she kind of came to a crisis, though, one day when she was out at Walmart and she was stalking women, you know, and looking for those, uh, looking for those people, and, and uh, she said uh, she began a conversation, but right in the middle of the conversation, she got a little confused, she got a little rattled, she said, because she couldn't remember at that moment whether she was supposed to be talking about Mary Kay or whether she was supposed to be talking about Jesus. Jesus or Mary Kay. And everything she said was funny, and she spoke in such a great way. But she concluded something that kind of broke my heart. She said, I could no longer look at people as everyone was broken and needing to be fixed. She said, I really wondered to myself, is this really saving people? And so disheartened and disillusioned, she left both Mary Kay and she left the church. What's the problem? What's the difference between the mission of the church and say the mission of the business? Over the years, I've seen a lot of great ideas that seem to work in business, and so they kind of tend to migrate all over into church, you know. And we kind of use those principles. and it, What's the difference between the ministry and the mission of the church in business or entertainment? I remember one time I was told by a deacon in a a previous church, he said, Cal, you know, we just need to offer more stuff in our church than other churches so that we'll be competitive with the other churches in the community. And, you know, something about that kind of makes sense, and then something about it seems a little off to me. What's the difference between the mission of the church? Our scripture passage has much to say. Listen, listen. I think it's wonderful sometimes to go back to the very beginning, to go back to the very heart. And this passage that we have today says very much about the heart of the mission of the church. Let me give you just a little background about this passage so that we can all understand it. The the passage follows the baptism of Jesus. And if you remember, after the baptism, Jesus is immediately led into the wilderness. He stays there for 40 days. And during that time, he's tempted by the devil three times. In other words, what we're reading in this passage today is the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus. And the custom of that day was the rabbi or a teacher could come into a synagogue and stand and read the scripture that had been selected for that day. And after reading, the, the rabbi would then preach. He would expound on that passage as a preacher might today instead of being behind the pulpit though the only difference really is that he would go to a chair and there he would sit and he would teach this passage that comes from Isaiah 61 was written listen it's written 700 years about before the birth of Jesus but it is about the birth of Jesus because this is a passage about the expectation of a messiah And we know that Messiah is the Hebrew word for Savior. In Greek, it's the word Christ. When I was a little boy, I don't mean to be flippant. This is honestly just, I guess I just wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. I thought Jesus was his first name and Christ was his last name. But not so. Christ or Messiah is the title. It means Savior. It's the one who will come and save his people. And every Jew in the synagogue would have been familiar with this passage. But listen, listen. Not only would they have been familiar with it, they would have hungered for the fulfillment of this passage. They were under continual oppression of the Romans, the most brutal people that had ever ruled an empire. And it had been 400 years since they had a fresh word from God. From the time of Malachi to the birth of Jesus, they had not had a fresh word. So they were occupied. And they hungered for the fulfillment of the messiah to come and so jesus begins to read in luke 4 and 18 the spirit of the lord is upon me now we don't think that's a big deal because we we know the spirit but remember again 400 years since a fresh word and the spirit of the lord at this point before pentecost it was very selective he is very selective he he would come on one person or a small group of prophets The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And we remember at the baptism of Jesus that was just previous to this, the the dove representing the Spirit of God descended, representing the Spirit of God on him. Jesus continues, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. God would choose this Messiah, the anointed one, to be chosen The one represented in this passage to address the brokenness or the poorness of the people. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. Freedom from the Romans certainly must have been on their mind. This Messiah, but this Messiah came to do more. He came to give freedom, but yes, freedom over sin and freedom over death. And recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who were oppressed. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. We probably don't talk much about that in the contemporary church, but that's the year of Jubilee. 50 years, once every 50 years, everything was kind of to be reset. And the idea is that once every 50 years, all debts would be canceled. What a great day that would be. All debts would be canceled. And all slaves would be released. And the Messiah would fulfill that. And so Jesus reads this incredible, beloved, and long for passage, and he takes a seat. And as he takes his seat, the scriptures say that every eye is upon him. They're totally focused on what he's going to say. They're completely focused on it. It's like they're intent. They're just anticipating greatly what he's going to say. And all he says The shortest sermon that Jesus will ever preach. Nine words is all he says. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In nine words, Jesus is saying, I am the subject of this Isaiah passage. I am the one who will do these things. Now is the time of fulfillment I am the Messiah. He may have well just shouted out, I am the I am. And what an incredible moment. Now we could go forward and look on to the reaction. I'll just summarize it this way. They lost their minds. You know, Ripping their clothes, chasing Jesus out of the synagogue at what he would say. But that's not where I want to go today. What I want you to see today is this is the very moment that Jesus describes his mission, his mission statement, his very purpose. And what I want you to hear, listen, listen, what I want you to hear today and take within you, here's my one thesis for the day. What was Jesus' mission is now the mission of the church. What was Jesus' mission is both the honor and the glory and the wonderful incredible opportunity for the church today and when i say the church i mean this church what was the mission of jesus is now the mission of jonesboro heights baptist church at every baptism that we do i always take the opportunity to read john 8:12 to say these words then jesus spoke to them saying i am the light of the world jesus said i am the light of the world while he walked with us, he was the light that pierced the darkness of the world. But then in Matthew five fourteen, he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. I want to say it again. The mission that was proclaimed in Isaiah, fulfilled as he walked this planet, on his earthly ministry, is now the mission of the church. Consider the words of Isaiah. This very passage that we read today, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Listen, listen, the most interesting topic is the one that involves you, right? That's the one we'll listen to. And so as I look at these words today, as we read these words today, see yourself in these words, this great, incredible gift, responsibility that we have. He said in uh, reading Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me a rare and unique gift, But the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Jesus said of himself, God has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. But John says, but you have an anointing. Jesus said he was anointed. John says, now you are anointed from the Holy One. And you all know. Jesus said he was the fulfillment of Isaiah. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. But he also says to you, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he concludes: and recovery to sight of sight to the blind, to set free those who are proclaimed, those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And in Acts 1:8. What was his ministry is now our ministry. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the mission. This is the honor of the church. What was Jesus' ministry and mission is now the calling to be fulfilled by you and I today. And let me just say, this isn't a 70%, a 70% pass rate. It's not like we, you know, I, I think the contemporary church, the modern church says today, well, we may not be good at evangelism, but we're really good at this thing over here. And so it's about a 70%. That's not true. This is at the very center of what it means to be the church. We used to say in the Army, it was, you know, it was, you, you probably remember, you're either a, a go or a no-go at this station. It's, all, it's either all or nothing, right? And that's what it is here. What was Jesus' ministry and mission is now the mission of the church. And this is our calling. I remember, well, there, 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 there are a lot of things that we can be involved in, but this is at the very center. There are a lot of uh, opportunities for us to do good things, but this is at the very center. Even when we go and do good things, brothers and sisters, I remember, you know, I went down to, uh, to, to do hurricane relief with some of you not too long ago. And, and uh, what an incredible event that was. And I, and I know you, you went back and, and had a wonderful event. But you know what? We're not in the tree cutting business, we're in the sharing Jesus business, we're in the gospel presentation business, we're in the, the saving people present. You know, that's our calling. The, the only reason we go to cut down trees is not certainly never so that we would just feel good about ourselves. The reason that we go is because it gives us access to someone's life. We understand we want to improve the quality of our life. I, I remember we went down to, there was one lady that couldn't even get into her house through the backyard, so we had to, you know, cut that bad boy open just to get in. Wonderful, that's good. But what we're doing all the time is looking for opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus went and did good deeds. He went to heal the blind. Why did he do that? Certainly because he loved and he cared about them. But once he had their attention, then he could say, I want you to see the greatest need that you have. He fed the hungry. Why? So that he could have access to their lives, so they would listen, so he could tell them about filling the greatest hunger of their life. Jesus came, to overcome death and sin. So we're not in the good business, you know, a good deal business. We go to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. If you've been around this church for a while, y'all remember Edna Thomas. And I, when I first got here, Edna Thomas scared the heck out of me. <laughs> She scared the heck out of me even before I met her because there's about seven people in the church and they would come up and they'd say, oh, Edna's going to come visit you. I was like, why? What? No, you'll find out. I was like, man. So one day Edna came to church and they said, uh, you know, Marvel Lee came back. Edna's here Uh uh-oh, you know, (laughs) like bracing myself. You know, I didn't know Edna, I didn't know. And so Edna came in and and she kind of had this firm look on her face and and she said, she said, Pastor Cal, I just want to, you remember, she said, Pastor Cal, I just want to tell you this. If we're not doing ministry in the name of Jesus and for his sake and for the gospel, we're not doing ministry at all. And then she looked at me. (laughs) I see how I might respond. And I got real quiet. I thought about it for a minute. And I said, Edna, you're absolutely right. If we're not doing it in the name of Jesus, then we're not doing ministry at all. You see? Because at the very center of everything we are, it's got to be this. Brothers and sisters, with everything I am, I believe this. Number one, we should be in the worshiping God calling. This is our calling. And so it's wonderful when the choir leads us. Man, I want to hear it. I want to be part of that. It sets my heart free to worship every every week. But right behind it is this. We come here to worship, to gain strength, so we can go into the world, so we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the world is dying. And the truth is the church is too. 85% of all of the churches in the country are either plateaued or declined. Why? Because we're not going. We're not going. And we could do something about that. We're not in the good, good deeds business. I had a youth pastor one of, never had a better one. And uh, he he gathered a bunch of guys together, and um, they loved to play basketball. And we had a gym in my last church. It's so, like every Thursday afternoon they'd be up there. They'd be up there, man. They were running and sweating and having a great time. He had about thirty-five to fifty young guys up there. And uh, I said, uh, I said, I said, man, that's great. When are you going to talk to them about Jesus? And, and he was he was good. I'm not criticizing, but uh, except he he did say, well we're just building friendships right now we're just we're just building relationships right now right i get it i get it i get it and so a couple months later they're out there sweating and running having a great old time i said when are you going to share the gospel with them he said well i don't want to feel like we're just using them and we're still just building some relationships you know what That's kind of the the problem with the contemporary church. We just want to build friendships. We want to build relationships. But at some point, you got to pull the trigger. You got to say the name of Jesus Christ. You got to bring him into the conversation. We're not using anybody, we're not trying to trick anybody of anything. Jesus is the one that saves. There is no other name under heaven or earth that saves. There is no other name except his that has power. Say his name. Hey, hey, let's just do it together one time, just on three. One, two, three, Jesus. One, two, three, Jesus. Not that. Oh, beautiful. At some point, you just got to say the name of Jesus. You want to build that relationship. You want to look for things that you have in common. But, man, we got to, at some point, we just got to say Jesus is the one that changed my life, and he can do the same thing for you too. We just kind of got the attitude in the, in the church today that if I just, have you ever heard, oh, excuse me, excuse me, I just got frustrated there. Have you ever heard this expression where someone says, well, the most powerful sermon I'll ever preach won't be with words. It's just the way that I live my life. All right, that kind of sounds good, but at some time you got to say the name of Jesus. Just living your life and hoping it rubs off on somebody or that they kind of figure it out why is it that we just won't say his name? Why is it when we have such a victory, such a privilege, what was the mission of Jesus while he walked this earth is now the privilege and the honor and the mission of you and I today? At the very center of the church. What's the difference Between the mission of business and the mission of the church. Number one is this. It's always going to be about Jesus. And our, our friend up there I introduced to you, Jen, she got confused about it. But I'll tell you the second difference, and that's this. Mary Kay, as good as it is, is always going to want something from you. And the church doesn't want anything from you. The church only wants what's absolutely best for you. Mary Kay's slogan, all about changing women's lives. Listen, Mary Kay may change women's lives, but Jesus Christ will change people's eternity. We don't want anything from anybody, but fearlessly, we want to proclaim Jesus Christ because we want everything for them. How important is this mission? How important would you just say amen if you agree with me. What was Jesus' mission is now the mission and the, and the calling of the church. Say amen if you agree with me. Amen. How important is that mission? When 50% of all of the people in Sanford, North Carolina that you run into, I think the statistic may be a little bit higher at Walmart, Fifty percent, 50% don't know Jesus Christ and are headed toward an eternity in hell. How important it is it to them? I want to give you another perspective, though. There's no doubt in my mind that it's important to them. Eternity hangs in the balance, and you have the good news. You have the key that will unlock the door. You have the good news of Jesus Christ. But I want to give you a different perspective. How important is it to you? Your mission to go. Not, not wait around and hope that someone asks you, but to go and share the gospel. I'm going to read to you a passage, the most famous scripture in the New Testament. You know this. There's a test at the end of it, so pay attention. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Here's the test question. You ready? I'm going to ask you to say it in just a second. What motivated Jesus to empty himself of the glory of heaven and to come? Look at John three sixteen. What motivated him? Four-letter word begins with L. Ah, there you go. On three. We're going to say it together. One, two, three. Love. Y'all got, y'all got smiley face and gold stars. What motivated Jesus was his love for his Father and his love for you. If he did not love in that way, he would not have gave up the glory of heaven and he would not have come. What was Jesus' mission is now our mission. So what motivates us to go? On three. One, two, three. Love. If we aren't going, what does that say about our love? No going, no love. Now, someone's going to say, well, wait a minute, I love Jesus, I feel it in my heart. I love to sing about Jesus, and certainly singing is a gift from God. I I could listen to stories about Jesus all day long. I love Jesus. Jesus responds in John 14, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he commanded us to go. It's like the story of Jesus and Peter. You remember the, the great failure of Peter. You remember the... Time that he denied Jesus. He stood in the shadows. He denied his Savior after saying that he would not. And the third time he looked up into the very eyes of Jesus. The scripture says that he went outside and wept bitterly. But Jesus loved. And so he met with Peter on the shore of the Galilee. He cooked them breakfast. And he took Peter aside and he asked him the three questions. Do you remember the three questions? Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, good, then sing songs about me. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. Good, Jesus replied. Gather weekly to tell each other about me. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, then wait right here and hope that someone will come by and ask you about me. Carol shaking her head over there. Is that what he said? Of course not. Jesus said, go, tend my lambs. Go, shepherd my sheep. Go, tend my sheep. Matthew 28, go, therefore, and make disciples. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. Do you love him? Then together, let's go. Would you pray with me? Good and gracious Father, we thank you so much for the wonderful opportunity to come into your house and worship you. And we do love you and we are so thankful for what you have accomplished in our lives and for the hope of heaven that each one of us who believes we have this incredible gift, we have purpose in our life, now help us, Father. We orient our vision so that we will have such a, a passion for you that we'll go. Help us, Father. We need you. May your spirit burn bright in our eyes and in our hearts that you'll give us the opportunities and the words to be about the business, of the ministry of Jesus Christ himself. We pray these things humbly in Jesus' name, amen.